Hare Krishna. Good morning to everyone listening in from the outside. Good morning to everybody here in the Radha Kalachanjidam. My name is Rupanugadas, disciple of Srila Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, grand disciple of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. This morning we're going to be speaking today from the twelfth uh, canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the final canto, the final book of the Srimad Bhagavatam, and we will be concentrating on chapter 8, and the text will be text number 18 through 20. So please, please get your copies of the Srimad Bhagavatam if you have them close by, and read along with us. First, we will invoke the blessings of the Supreme Lord. Jayaradhamadhava kunja bihari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Girivaradari Jashuranandana Brajajana Ranjana Brajajana Ranjana Jashuranandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Banachari Yamuna Tira Banachari Jai Radhamadhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Nitai Gauru Premananda Hari Hari Bo Jaya Om Vishnipad Paramahamsa Padipajaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimadis Divine Loving Grace Abhoya Janana Vinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharashila Prabhupada Ki Jayom Vishnupada Paramahamsa Paribhijaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimadis Divine Grace Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharashila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Ki Iskan BBT Founder Charja Srila Prabhupada Ki Iskan Guru Parampara Ki Shri Rup Shri Sanatan Bhattaragunat Shri Jiva Gopal Bhattadasa Raghunat Sadko Sami Prabhu Ki Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Premzekahu Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Karadhar Shri Vasari Gora Bhaktarinda Ki Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radhakun Giri Govardhan Ki Shri Vrindavandam Ki Shri Maturadam Ki Shri Mayapur Nabhadritam Ki Shri Jagannathpuridam Ki Shri Shri Radha Kalachandidam Ki Ganga Devi Ki 
Jamunamaya ki, Tulsi Devi ki, Bhakti Devi ki, Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda ki, Brihat Madanga, Transcendental Book, Transcendental Prasadam Distribution ki, Nitai Goda Premananda, Hari Hari Bo, all glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga. Namo Vishnu Vidaya Krishna Vastai Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namade Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gaudabadi Bhutanine Nivasesha Sinavari Vastati Deshadarine Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chayvanurottamam Devim Sarasvatim Yasan Tato Jayam Udirayat Nasta Praeshva Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavadi Naishtiki Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Once again, we're reading in Canto 12, Chapter 8 of the Srimad Bhagavatam. This chapter is entitled, Markandeya's Prayers to Nara Narayan Rishi. And we will begin by reading the Sanskrit text for number 18, verse number 18. And we will do 18, 19, and 20. They're all together in this particular selection. Tadashrayam padam punyam. Repeat me. Punyadruma latanchitam. Punyadvija kulakirnam. Punyamalajalashayam. Once again, tad ashrama padam tad ashrama padam punyam punya druma latanchinam punya dvijakulakirnam Punyamalajalashayam. Same, you want to chant? Yes. Ashrama Param Punyam. Punyadrumalatanchitam. Punya dvija kulakirnam. Punya malajalashayam. All right, very good, Sam. Thank you. 
Now, let's read on. I'm going to read the next two verses, and we don't have them written on the board, so I'll just have to read them myself. Mata Brahma Rasangitam, Mata Koki Lakujitam, Mata Barhi Natato Pam, Mata Dwija Kula Kulam. And text number 20. Vayu pravishta adaya hima nirjara shikaran sumano bhi parishvakto vavavuntam bayam smaram. And we'll do the word for word translation. Sam, repeat with me, please. Tat. His ashrama padan, place of hermitage, punyam, pious, punya, pious, druma, with trees, lata, and creepers, anchitam, specially marked. Punya, pious, Dwija, of Brahmana sages, Kula, with the groups, Akirnam, brimming, Punya, pious, Amala, spotless, Jala Ashayam, Having reservoirs of water. Mata, maddened. Brahmara, of bees. Sangitam, with singing. Mata, maddened. Kokila, of cuckoos. Kujitam, with cooing. Mata, maddened, barhi, of peacocks, nata atupam, the families. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, nata atupam, with the frenzy of dancing. Mata. Maddened, Dwijiha, Dwija, of birds, Kula, with the families, Akulam, filled, Vayu, the wind of the Malaya hills, Pravista, entering, Adaya, Taking up, Hima, chilling, Nirjara, of the waterfalls, Shikaran, the drops of mist, Sumanobhi, by the flowers, Parishvakta, being embraced, Vavau, 
blue. Utambayam. That's Utambayan. Evoking. Smaram. Cupid. And the translation of these three texts by the disciples of His Divine Grace, Sesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Sheila Prabhupada Kijai. Groves of pious trees decorated the holy ashram of Markandeya Rishi, and many saintly brahmanas lived there enjoying the abundant, pure, sacred ponds. The ashram resounded with the buzzing of intoxicated bees and the cooing of excited cuckoos, while jubilant peacocks danced about. Indeed, many families of maddened birds crowded that hermitage. The springtime breeze sent by Lord Indra entered there, carrying cooling drops of spray from nearby waterfalls. Fragrant from the embrace of forest flowers, that breeze entered the hermitage and began evoking the lusty spirit of Cupid. Om Ajnana Timidandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Marobishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamaya Dadati Swavarantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavam Scha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahakana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savaduttam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Navostute Taptakanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavadeshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namah Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Kadadhara Shivasari Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Pristaya, Bhutale, Srimate, Tamal Krishna, Gosamaniti Namane. For those of you who have looked on over into this chapter, the eighth chapter of the twelfth canto, uh, you have found out, as I did, that there are uh, no purports for many, many of the texts. In other words, it's just like uh, telling a story um, without much commentary from the disciples of Srila Prabhupada. So what I would like to do this morning for my own sense gratification or my own spiritual gratification 
And for those of you who have not been uh, able to hear all of the classes that have been given in this eighth, eighth chapter, is that I would like to go back and read the translations for each one of the texts up through text number 20, which we covered today. So we'll begin. Text number one, Sri Shonaka said, O Sutta, may you live a long life. O saintly one, best of speakers, please continue speaking to us. Indeed, only you can show men the path out of the ignorance in which they are wandering. So what we have here is a conversation going on between two persons in a, in a place called uh, the forest of Naimisharanya. And uh, the, speak, uh, the spokesperson for, for the many sages who are gathered there for a 1,000-year sacrifice of listening to the Srimad Bhagavatam and, other, and others, other literatures. Uh, the chief representative is Sri Shonaka, Shonaka Rishi. And he is speaking to the person that they have been listening to for some time, and that's Sutta Goswami. Sutta. So uh, he's also known as Romaharshan Sutta. And so he has been speaking the Srimad Bhagavatam as he has heard it from Sri Shukadeva Goswami in another conversation that Sri Shukadeva Goswami was having with King Pariksit. And so this is after the leaving, the disappearance of King Pariksit from this material world. He's gone back to the spiritual world. And he has left behind him uh, this person, Sutta Goswami, who is now reciting the entire Srimad Bhagavatam that he heard from Shukadev Goswami. So we've just read the first verse there. Sri Shonaka is speaking to Sutta Goswami. And we'll go on. This will be text number text number two through five. Authorities say that Markandeya Rishi, the son of Mrikandu, was an exceptionally long-lived sage who was the only survivor at the end of Brahma, Brahma's day when the entire universe was merged in the flood of annihilation. But this same Markandeya Rishi, the foremost descendant of Brigu, took birth in my own family during the current day of Brahma, and we have not yet seen any total annihilation in this day of Brahma. Also, it is well known that Markandeya, while wandering helplessly in the great ocean of annihilation, saw in those fearful waters a wonderful personality, an infant boy lying alone within the fold of a banyan leaf. O Sutta, I am most bewildered and curious about this great sage Markandeya Rishi. O great yogi, you are universally accepted as the authority on all the Puranas. Therefore, kindly dispel my confusion. Just one note here from the purport. Lord Brahma's day, consisting of twelve his his twelve hours, lasts four billion three hundred twenty million years, and his night is of the same duration. So apparently, Markandeya lived throughout one such day and night, 
And in the following day of Brahma continued living as the same Markandeya. So that means that he has lived approximately 13 billion years. Markandeya Rishi. Text number eight. I'm sorry, text number six. Sutta Goswami said, O great sage Shonaka, your very question will help remove everyone's illusion for it leads to the topics of Lord Narayan, which cleanse away the contamination of this Kali age. After being purified by his father's performance of the prescribed rituals leading to Markandeya's Brahminical initiation, Markandeya studied the Vedic hymns and strictly observed the regulative principles. He became advanced in austerity and Vedic knowledge and remained a lifelong celibate, appearing most peaceful with his matted hair and his clothing made of bark. He furthered his spiritual progress by carrying the mendicant's water pot, staff, sacred thread, brahmachari belt, black deerskin, lotus seed, prayer beads, and bundles of kusha grass. At the sacred junctures of the day, he regularly worshipped the Supreme Personality of Godhead in five forms, namely the sacrificial fire, the sun, his spiritual master, the brahmanas, and the super soul within his heart. Morning and evening, he would go out begging, and upon returning, he would present all the food he had collected to his spiritual master. Only when his spiritual master invited him would he silently take his one meal of the day. Otherwise, if his master did not invite him, he would simply fast. Thus devoted to austerity and Vedic study, Markandeya Rishi worshipped the supreme master of the senses, the personality of Godhead for countless millions of years. And in this way, he conquered unconquerable death. This is text number 12. Lord Brahma, Brigumuni, Lord Shiva, Prajapati, Daksha, and the great, the great sons of Brahma, and many others among the human beings, demigods, forefathers, and ghostly spirits, all were astonished by the achievement of Markandeya Rishi. Text number 13. In this way, the devotional mystic Markandeya maintain, maintained rigid celibacy through penance, study of the Vedas, and self-discipline. With his mind thus free of disturbances, he turned it inward and meditated on the Supreme Personality of Godhead who lies beyond the material senses. While the mystic sage thus concentrated his mind by powerful yoga practice, the tremendous period of six lifetimes of Manu passed by. O Brahmana, during the seventh reign of Manu, the current age, that's this current age, Lord Indra came to know of Markandeya's austerities and became fearful of his growing mystic potency. Thus he tried to impede the sage's penance. And this is talking about King Indra, Lord Indra, uh, of the higher planetary systems within this universe. And uh, I think day before yesterday, uh, um, Mother Antaryami Devi, uh, she gave a, a very nice presentation 
on Indra, King Indra, and his his enviousness of Markandeya and his attempt to uh, distract Markandeya Rishi from his path of austerity, penance. So, text number 16, to, to ruin the sage's spiritual practice, Lord Indra sent Cupid, beautiful celestial singers, dancing girls, the season of spring, and the sandalwood-scented breeze from the Malaya hills, along with greed and intoxication personified. Text number 17, and this, I believe, was the last verse that Mother Antaryami covered day before yesterday. O most powerful Shonaka, they went to Markandeya's hermitage on the northern side of the Himalaya mountains, where the Pushpabhadra River passes by the famous peak Chitra. And then we have today's verses that we have already read. I will repeat the translation for today's text. Groves of pious trees decorated the holy ashram of Markandeya Rishi. And many saintly brahmanas lived there, enjoying the abundant, pure, sacred ponds. The ashram resounded with the buzzing of intoxicated bees and the cooing of excited cuckoos, while jubilant peacocks danced about. Indeed, many families of maddened birds crowded that hermitage. The springtime breezes sent by Lord Indra entered there, carrying cooling drops of spray from nearby waterfalls. Fragrant from the embrace of forest flowers, that breeze entered the hermitage and began evoking the lusty spirit of Cupid. So that's that's just simply recapping what has been said so far in this chapter 8. The chapter entitled, Markandeya's Prayers to Nara Narayan Rishi. So there, there's some lessons that we can learn by reading about Markandeya Rishi. But we need to understand the reason for his, his longevity, the longevity of his life, because this is highly unusual for a person embodied in this material world to live uh, for two, two and a half days, or I should say two days uh, and one night of Lord Brahma. And we said that was something on the order of 13 billion years. We can't, we can't even imagine the universe being around that long. But he is, uh, Mark and Dea even lived through one of the, uh, one of the destructive periods of Lord Brahma's night and, uh, saw the, uh, saw this baby that was lying on this, uh, on the fierce waters of devastation. And the baby was wrapped in a, in a banyan leaf. And we, we know, of course, that that was one of the appearances of Lord Krishna. So we, we have to know the reasons for entering material life. Why would Markandeya Rishi even come into this material world? And we, you know, we, we don't want to say anything which would demean the importance and the spiritual advancement of this personality, Markandeya. Uh, but we know that for most of us, we there is an initially some curiosity that takes us out of the spiritual world and allows us to come in and, and try to have some activities, or to have some activities and try to find some happiness 
within this material world. And so we presume that there was something that brought Mark and Dea Rishi, this great personality here. But we also feel that it's probably unlikely that it was the results of some past karmic activity because he is so powerful, a sage, that he could live much longer than we would expect anyone to ever live in this material world. So we would, we would uh, rather guess then that he has been sent by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Krishna, to come into this material world to accomplish a, a particular thing, to give his association to the many conditioned souls who are living in this material world. And, of course, he had his ashram on the northern side of the Himalayas, close to a, a, a river and close to a peak, a Chitra Peak, I think was the name of it. So it was a very beautiful place, lots of birds, lots of very pure lakes abounding. And so there he, he was engaged in simply meditating on the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And, you know, for a person to be able to meditate even for an hour or two nowadays, a person has to have something to concentrate his mind on. And so for a person who lives as long as Mark and Dea Rishi has, and to meditate on the Supreme Personality of Godhead, we, we, we can probably guess that he was meditating not only on the very beautiful form of Krishna, but the form of his associates and the activities performed by those associates in the spiritual world. How else could a person remain in meditation without any kind, other kind of activity uh, to occupy his mind? So this Markandeya Rishi is a very, very unusual person. So this is, the, this is one of the reasons then that the pure devotees come into this material world, to give their association and to, uh, to inform all the conditioned living entities still here on the planet or in this material world, in this particular universe, uh, to inform them of the place that they have come from. Why, do, why would they do that? Why would Krishna send someone into this material world for that specific purpose, as he did with our own Srila Prabhupada, to distribute literatures uh, and to make disciples and to spread knowledge of Krishna all over this, this world. Why would he do that? Because he is very compassionate. And because he is wanting very much to satisfy the desires of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, so instead of instead of just satisfying our own desires, then we understand that a person who has been sent by the Supreme Personality of Godhead has no other purpose than to try to satisfy the desires of his Lord. So we also can learn from uh, Maitreya, my Markandeya rather, Markandeya Rishi, the possibilities for the uh, for the jiva's life here. In other words, what but can they accomplish? And we, we all are thinking that anybody who has a body like we do is probably going to be beset with disease and old age, especially when he gets past the age of 50 or 60. And many people, 
even long before they reach the age of 50, they have so many uh, difficulties to deal with, whether it be their own physical uh, illnesses or whether it be uh, uh, the, the miseries that come with having a family, having to watch one's children get sick, one's spouse get sick, and uh, and meet with all kinds of, of really nasty personalities in this material world. Persons who, who, who seem to take it as their duty, their responsibility to make life very miserable, not only for others, but the, for themselves as well. So we see now that Indra is attempting to disrupt Markandeya's meditation because he's a little concerned, as Mother Antaryami pointed out to us, that his position might be lost. And, uh, it, and of course, we would expect that Indra must be experiencing some ignorance then of this personality, Markandeya. He isn't, he doesn't really know the exalted character of Markandeya Rishi. Otherwise, he, he would not be so envious of him that he would attempt to disrupt his meditation as Indra has done with other personalities in the past. Uh, even when Krishna was on the planet, Indra was apparently unaware of Krishna's uh, super uh, superposition on uh in this in this world, not only in this world but in the spiritual world, the super excellent position of the supreme personality of Godhead. So he even attempted to interrupt um, his activities with the with the residents of the the little village of Vrindavan um, by uh, sending sending rain clouds which brought torrents of rain and huge chunks of ice. Falling out of the sky. And so Krishna, even though he was a young boy at that time, maybe five, six, seven years old, he, he was able to hold up a, the, the mountain known as what, Samuel? What's, what hill did, uh, Krishna hold up? Do you remember? Remember Govardhan? Govardhan Hill? There you go. That's right. Where, where Krishna and the cowherd boys would take the cows and, and they would just play there because the, the hill would give them so much, uh, so many nice uh, things to experience, such as the cool breezes blowing through there, the shade from the trees, uh, the streams, the waterfalls. It was a very beautiful place then to take, uh, Krishna, for Krishna to take his friends, the cowherd boys, and also to take the cows and just allow them to graze on Govardhan Hill. The grasses there were very pleasing to eat for the cows. And so, uh, Indra was simply unaware of Krishna's uh, position. Um, he didn't know that he was the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, he's making the same mistake here with uh, Markandeya Rishi, even though, it, uh, let's see, I guess maybe this was sometime prior to Krishna's appearance on the planet. So, anyhow... Um, he didn't realize his, his, his Markandeya's spiritual position, so um, he displayed his powers, Indra did, to engage other people in his own service instead of trying to help out this sage who was living a life of austerity instead of just trying to make things much more pleasant for him 
so that he could continue performing his sacrifice as he was doing. Um, so he, he just, he used, Indra used his own powers to try to destroy uh, the spiritual life of Markandeya Rishi by sending him all kinds of attractive things such as dancing girls and singers and uh, even even the demigod known as Cupid who who can who can instill lusty desires into the hearts of any conditioned soul practically. So Indra then uh, did simply did not know the higher position of pure devotees who come into this world representing the Supreme Lord. He, if he can't even recognize the position of the Supreme Lord when he comes in the form of a little boy, how is, it he, how is he going to be able to recognize those representatives of Krishna who come? So, uh, Indra is an example of a personality. Even though he's an exalted personality, he had the direct darshan of Krishna after after Krishna lifted Govardhan Hill to protect the inhabitants of Gokula in the uh, uh, from the all the torrents of rain, wind, and and ice and such that were brought on by King Indra, and and so simply no one was hurt. Even those animals that were living up on the hill, it is said, were protected. None of them had to suffer for all the all of the uh, the damage that was done by. King Indra. So, seeing Markandeya's uh, plight um, is like is like all of the jivas experience in this material world. In other words, um, he was living very uh, very simply. Um, he didn't have a lot of opulence, and so this is the way that many spirit souls who enter this material world have to live, but it's instead of something being accepted by them, generally that kind of austerity of having no uh, no big palatial building to live in, not having abundant foodstuffs that are prepared by expert cooks and brought to them every day, not having these things, the jivas are forced to live somewhat simply. Many of them do, even though there are a few like probably less than 1% of the population of the planet who live in a very luxurious way. So uh, the jiva comes into this world not knowing the reason for his being here. And he has he can, he, he can simply find no direction to determine what his activities are supposed to be. So uh, being battered by the material energy of the Lord... He becomes quite morose in his search for happiness. He just cannot find it. And it's the nature of the living entity and the nature of the jiva to be happy always. So when he's not happy, he tries his best to find a way to become happy. But without knowing what the rules are for living in this place called the material world, then the jivas are, are unsuccessful. And and they can they commit commit activities they perform activities which are going to cause them to have to come back lifetime after lifetime. So one is then uh, if one becomes battered enough by the material energy of the Lord, then he begins searching for some meaning in his life. Why am I having to suffer so much? 
What is my purpose for being here? You know, these questions that we, we raise time and time again when in the Bhagavatam discussions here in our temple room, what is the purpose and how can we become happy? Because that's what we're really, really interested in is to, it's not, not to have just temporary happiness, occasional happiness as, as one usually has when he's in, in household life or even when he's living as a single, single man or a single woman. Uh, they're, they're attempting to find happiness, but they're, they're just finding little bits and pieces, fleeting bits and pieces of ha- happiness. Just like on a bright, clear day, there, there might be a cloud that comes across and suddenly we feel some cooling from the cloud and then we, and we become so satisfied, especially here in Texas. The weather gets so hot in June, July, August, September that, uh, that anytime we get a, a cloud that comes over and it provides some shade, anytime that we get some cooling breezes, which are very unusual in the summertime, or we get some rain, then, then we, then we celebrate. We think that this is so nice. And this is like the happiness we experience in this world all the time. It's just bright, hot, sunshiny days, or it's, it's, uh, being battered by torrential rains and hailstorms, such as we've had recently here in Texas. And, and, uh, and, and suffering as a result of that, sometimes with the loss of property, sometimes with the loss of our, of the lives of our loved ones or people that we don't even know. Sometimes they get caught in these storms or sometimes in the summertime when it's so hot, they, they are forced to give up their bodies because their bodies simply can't get cool from the, from the extreme heat that we experience here. So we, we begin to wonder then, how do we become free from this entanglement in the material world? And it's something that you can see that uh, Mark and Dea Rishi is not even so much concerned with or doesn't appear to be concerned with because he's just, he is uh, like a self-satisfied sage, Atmarama Chamunayo. He's like a Muni who is, who is self-satisfied and he is able to, Participate. Uh, it appears he's able to participate in the pastimes of the supreme personality of Godhead, even while he's sitting in one place on a mat uh, with his eyes closed, and um, and just he's just not performing any external physical actions, but he has to be satisfied by what he's meditating on. Otherwise, how is it possible that a person could even sit ten minutes nowadays? What to speak of two hours or two years or two million years or how about two or three billion years? So a person has to be very, very satisfied in order to be able to survive that long. So we begin to see the purpose for our existence when we come into contact with a person who is a person of knowledge. And such a person is rare in this world who actually knows what the purpose of one's existence are, what the purpose is for one's existence. So then once we gather knowledge, then we begin to make changes in our thinking and our acting. And those of us who have been in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness know that with the help of other devotees, and eventually, with the help of a spiritual master who gives us diksha initiation, uh, 
that we are able to to uh, gain knowledge about what we're supposed to be doing in this world and how we can uh, complete our activities here and go back to the spiritual world from which we have come. And that place is known as Vaikuntha because it is a place where there is no anxiety. And so that's what we would all like to have, even in this material world. But you can't have it. It's like it's like wanting to pluck a rose from a from a rose vine or a rose bush, but there's always the possibility of getting thorns when we do that and getting hurt. So every every attempt that we make just to enjoy our lives based on the pleasure of our material bodies and our minds then leads to some some being pricked by the thorns of this material world. And it's designed that way because Krishna doesn't want us to be here. He lets us come simply because we want to come. We're curious or we're a little bit rebellious and we want to live in a place where we don't have to answer to an authority like the supreme person. We want to become. We want to become the supreme person ourselves. And so, uh, time and again, we attempt to pluck the rose for our own pleasure and satisfaction, and we're uh, we're bitten by the sharp points of the thorns of the rose bush. So. Uh, once we begin to make changes then in our thinking and, and our acting, uh, then uh, Krishna arranges that somehow or other the suffering is minimized. And we understand that even though we might get sick from time to time, even though a person might give up his body, uh, everything is happening under Krishna's control, simply giving us the results of our past activities and then the desires that we we hang on to, hoping to find some pleasure for these material bodies that we're in. So once we gain that knowledge, then it gives us great satisfaction to share that knowledge with other people. And we have a few people in our community here who are really enthusiastic uh, I'm thinking in particular about Achutakovinda Prabhu and Naimi Sharanya Prabhu, who are, are, are kind of spearheading the effort to distribute literatures to, these, uh, to the persons of Dallas, Texas. And not only Dallas, Texas, but occasionally we run into somebody who comes from another part of the world, another part of this country, and it, it gives us great pleasure to enlighten those persons with knowledge that we have received that has changed our lives so dramatically and so completely. So um, these kinds of lessons we can learn from reading about Markandeya Rishi and others in the Srimad Bhagavatam, whose lives then give us a great amount of encouragement that even though we can't emulate their behavior, in other words, who, which of us can live even a hundred years, what to speak of two or three, four, uh, 13, 14 billion years. And who wants to live in this material world that long unless we have some really good reason for doing so? So reading about Markandeya Rishi and all the other great souls in this, in this literature, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and then, and then reading about the pastimes of Lord Krishna's, uh, 
closest associates uh, in the Mahabharat and the Ramayana, reading about all these activities then gives them encouragement and makes us very optimistic that somehow or other one day, by the grace of the Supreme Lord, who has sent us our spiritual master, by simply performing duties that are beneficial to others and which are pleasing to our spiritual master and therefore pleasing to Krishna, then we can end our stay in this material world. And we can become happy once again by going back to the spiritual world. So even with even during the time that we're in this material world, the activities that we perform can either bring us happiness or continued suffering. And the suffering is probably more beneficial than the happiness that we get from sense gratification because that suffering then causes us to begin asking the questions about why we're here and what we should be doing. So we'll continue then with our reading in this chapter about uh, Markandeya Rishi and find out how his penances eventually give him the opportunity to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the form of Nara Narayan Rishi. So we'll end for today, and uh, we'll thank everybody for listening in with us. Those of you who are listening in online by radio, television, uh, not television, radio, telephone, um, uh, it's very good. Thank you, sir. It's very, very good that uh, to have all of you with us and to know that you're starting off your day with listening to something from the uh, the world's greatest literatures that we have available here in this Krishna consciousness movement, and we can also um, uh, we can also uh, spread the, give this knowledge to other people and get the satisfaction that comes from enlightening someone else and helping them to learn. Uh, what they need to do to, in order to get free of this material conditioning, conditioning that we now have with these material bodies and these material minds. So thank you all very much for coming and joining with us today. And by the way, uh, we are still making available the, uh, whatever classes are given here, whatever activities are going on in the temple room, uh, if you go to radhakalajanji.net and uh, follow the follow the path until you get to the archived uh, the audio archives, and so that's a place that you can. And there are counters on each one of those entries for the archives. In other words, uh, for yesterday's class or day before class by Mother Antaryami, you can see how many persons have accessed uh, the archived version of her class. And sometimes that number gets up to be into the 50s, 60s, and even higher. So if you if you don't always have the opportunity then to listen to the class as it's going on in the temple room, we certainly invite you to please do that. Uh, Prima Sendra Prabhu, one of our devotees here, is kindly uh, making that available Online, so that we can uh, we can go back and enjoy it, and that's what I was spending a, a time last night and this morning doing. I was I, as as I was taking rest last night, and then after I woke up for a while this morning before I got out of my bed, 
I was listening to the classes that were given, uh, specifically the one that was given by Mother Antaryami the day before yesterday. So if, if you're looking for some way to uh, bring a little bit of wisdom, bring a little bit of life into your existence here in this material world, I would, I would encourage you to please uh, listen to some of the speakers that, yeah, and you can have your, your favorite speakers. We've recently had a couple of ladies come here who are very advanced in this material, I, I mean, sorry, in this spiritual knowledge that is available through the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. One of them was Mother Ermila, who is who has graced us with her presence, and she gave some nice uh, some nice sessions outside the temple and inside. And then before her, there was Mother Devaki, who has come to be with us and give us her also her words of wisdom. So it's very pleasing to hear these words. It's like it's like nectar. It's like a balm for the soul. Uh, that is that has gotten scorched by the this heat of this material world. So please uh, spend some time reading Srila Prabhupada's books and and listening to the to the lectures that are given on the purports, the texts and the purports. And and your life will become better. That's a money back guarantee. Hare Krishna. So we offer our obeisances unto all the Vaishnav devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone, and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vanchikal patarubhyas cha kripasinubhya eva cha patidanam pavanibhyo Vaishnavevo namo namaha anantakoti Vaishnavrinda ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Sri Sri Radha Kalachandidam ki jai, Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Bo. Have, have a good day everyone. Practice Krishna consciousness, chant and be happy.